God is in this place. Man. And God has come to meet with you. Even as you have drawn near to meet with Him. He has come to meet with you. Man. He wants to speak to you. He wants to change your situation. Man. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we are in your presence. Lord, we ask of you that you'll minister to us. Lord, we want to hear your voice. We don't want to hear anything else. We don't want to hear anything that is irrelevant for us as Christians, Lord. Today we want to hear that which is relevant to us. In the eyes of heaven, in the perspective of God, those things which are relevant, speak to us, Father. That, that which is timely, the word that is timely, may it be released over us. The word that you will send in order to accomplish your purpose, may it be spoken over us, Lord. Maybe now to refuse it, Father. We pray that we'll all be yielded to your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. We are in the seventh month. Man, even as Brother King was reminding us in the morning when he was exhorting us, we are in the month of, is it July? The seventh month. That means you've crossed over the half of the, of the year. Man, and we call it, uh, the year of purification because the Lord gave us that word at the beginning of the year that this is the year the Lord is going to cleanse, the Lord is going to purify. A work of intense purification is at work in the church. Amen. And I believe you all are beneficiaries. Though some of, some of you don't look like you're beneficiaries. I want to assure you, just go with the process. You will, you will benefit. Tell your neighbor, you will benefit from the word. And the confidence can be that you will benefit from the word. Man, the word will benefit you. The word will benefit you. Man, hallelujah. The word will change everything about you. The word will change everything about you. If you can surrender to, your, to the word of God, it will change everything about you. Now people would have said, no, this cannot be worked on. This cannot, it's not, this is... This cannot be corrected, incorrigible. This cannot be rectified. There's no hope in this condition. But if you come to God's word and submit to it and yield to it, there is no situation in your life which cannot be corrected by the power of God's word because it is the living word. If emptiness can produce something, if, if, if space can be brought up in emptiness, if God can create the universe right from emptiness, God can do anything for you. Amen. Because he's the God who will call things into existence. Amen. As if they were. Amen. The things which are not, he calls into existence. There is nothing this word cannot do in your life. There is nothing. Absolutely nothing. And I want to guarantee you if, you, if you come to God's word, if you surrender to God's word, if you stand on God's word, if you respond to God's word, if you receive God's word, if you believe in God's word, you will not be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. Everything else can fail. A thousand promises can fail. Amen. Hallelujah. Ten thousand people can fail. A million uh, friends may desert you, but God's word will never fail. Man, the earth, the heavens and the earth may, may pass away. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands. It stands forever in your life. Man, if you received a word, the Lord is just reminding me, I'm like just putting this on in my heart, pressing this on my heart. If the Lord has given you a word, I want to encourage you today. The Lord will do it for you. 
Man, do not give up. Some of you are at the verge of giving up. You almost feel like, I want to just give up. This is not working. But the Lord is assuring you, it will come through. It will come through. Man, because I am the Lord who spoke it. Amen. The lion has roared. The lion has roared. Who cannot but fear. That's what the Bible says. If the lion roars, everyone will fear. If the Lord has spoken, who cannot but prophesy. Thank you, Jesus. So this is the year of? Say it loud. Say it loud one more time. Amen. And we are being washed, say washed. And cleansed. By what? By the word of God. Man, not by detergent. Not by liquid uh, soap. Not by anything of this world. But you are being cleansed and washed by God's word. So it's very, impo it's very important to, to respond to God's word. Because this word, this is a word that is doing its work. And you're being made like fine, bright linen. Say linen. linen. Say bright linen. Bright. Say pure white linen. Pure. Say pure white fine linen. Pure. That's what God is doing in us. Man. And this uh, work of purification is ongoing. Say ongoing. Hallelujah. It's an ongoing process. You know, I like what Brother King was ministering. Uh, he was mentioning about, when he, was, when he started off, he was talking about um, how important, if, if the word which came to them from the, uh, through prophets or through those on this earth, if they refused it and rejected it and the judgment of God fell upon them, how can we, how do we even stand a chance if you refuse the word which comes from heaven? Because Christ is in us now. Heaven is... And for every word that is coming, coming your way, whether from the pulpit, whether from your, your, uh, yeah, your quiet time, whether from other ministers of God, however it is coming, there is, a, there is an assurance, there is a confirmation of the heaven, of heaven within you. Say within. It's happening within. Man. And you cannot deny it. How many of you use washing machines? You all use washing machines. In the modern era that we are all living in, the washing machines that we use have these um, preset cycles. Yeah, they have these presets. And there are, uh, some cycles are called quick wash. Yeah, it's for your daily wear. You want to quick wash something. Like in 15 minutes, the wash is done. You know, it's not thoroughly clean. But yeah, it got some water. It went through some water and came out. So that is quick wash. So especially in rainy seasons and all, you don't want it to be drenched so much. You do a quick wash. Heavy wash, basically deep cleansing. Okay? It's a deep cleansing cycle which will require more water. Which, which will require more water at a higher temperature. Say higher temperature. Say more water. Say higher temperature. More cycles. Maybe more spins. Yeah. It consumes more energy. Are you with me? So when, when we want, uh, like, you know, the, the clothes which are, like, really precious to us uh, to, be, to be washed, to be cleaned up, what do we do? We use this intense cycle. Say intense cycle. It's an intense cycle. Say intense cycle. And nobody will, uh, you know, 
abort the cycle in the middle of the cycle okay you you know that you know that that cycle is for 30 minutes you will not go to the washing machine and pull out the clothes let's say after 10 minutes because just because you're desperate to have your clothes back will you do it if you do it you're stupid if you do it what you're doing is stupid because you're not going to benefit out of this cycle so the lord is doing a cycle say cycle a, a process say process the lord the lord is doing a process in the church and it's important for us individually say individually to go through the full cycle it might be so much of water so much of word oh bhangra utri lengthy it's very lengthy the word is very very lengthy it repeated say repeated it's coming the same word is coming what to do that's the same thing that happens when you going through an intense wash water keeps coming the same water h2o you understand so see i'm trying to explain to you why the cycle is intense why the cycle is longer why the the process is uh, at a higher temperature now why you feel the heat it's because the lord is doing a work that kind of a work why because it is important for the lord the the the, the bride is getting ready we had a, a glorious wedding and uh, the groom and the bride now the husband and the wife they're here and yeah yeah just welcome them Uh, and you know i was having a conversation with my kids and they were saying um, dominica chechi was looking so beautiful my kids were saying she was looking so beautiful in her wedding dress you were looking so beautiful in your wedding and you were also by the way i'm just like what about me <laughs> absolutely handsome but that's what it is about when the the wedding comes you don't just open your wardrobe and pull out anything that comes you dig your hand into the uh, the wardrobe and pull out water comes your way you wear and go they said how oh, you go my my son asked me why do people uh, you know spend so much time selecting clothes and all for wedding because he he saw me like you know really working hard to get my uh, in a dress ready so yeah why 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 you know why should we do that for a wedding what's so special about the wedding now you know what's special about the wedding it's a very special occasion man the marriage is coming the bride is getting ready because the groom is coming to get his bride amen and you better have to, see you better understand what we are going through you must be you must be able to understand the times that we are living in now you cannot live any any way you want you cannot just be comfortable the way you are and expect that things are all going to be fine no because the lord is doing a work because it's his bride we are his bride the church is his bride Uh, the kind of you know just a couple of weeks back and if you were to meet with thompson he was like you know all over the place and i was getting concerned because he was trying to handle a lot of things why it's marriage is intense a lot of preparations because it's his wedding his marriage he won't do the same for somebody else's wedding you can and <laughs> where where is the rest of us like and we're all chill yeah okay what is there to do okay food okay just help him with some food worship is there okay all right let's do some let's but he is not like that he is you know morning evening uh, morning noon evening night he is like you know going through the list going through that and you know talking to dominica over the phone and figuring out whether everything is in place checking with me whether everything is see that's that's how intense this is for the groom and the bride it ought to be 
very important say important Amen. If, if it does not feel very important for you to look the way he wants you to be, then there is something wrong in the way you're living. If the bride is not getting ready to meet the, the groom, there's something wrong with the bride. Are you with me? Somebody please respond this morning. Like you, you just want to live anywhere you want. Like, you know, you're just so relaxed, so chill. You know? Just, yeah, when he comes, we'll see. No. That's not what the Bible teaches us. When he comes, we'll see. No. That's what the, the, the five foolish virgins thought they can do. When he sees, we'll see. Now let's go to sleep. Whereas the, the, say the wise, the five wise, God wants the church to be wise. God wants you to be wise. Redeem the time. The days are evil. Redeem the time. Be, be given in. And I don't care what you do. I, do, I have no problem. You might be going through some, some terrible issues. I really don't care. And you're like, how can a pastor say that? Actually, I don't care. As long as you're in the process of God, I know that God will take care of you. I'm not worried about you. But what troubles me is when you are completely detached from what God is doing, and you're running after things which are so temporal, so um, have a very, what do you call, here today and gone tomorrow, like the wind, and you're pursuing after things which, are, which has no eternal value, as if those are things that you can carry with you when you go there. No, you can't. Hello? Please understand. If you're not focusing on eternity, the life that you live is such a farce. Such a, such a, you're such a hypocrite. If you don't have eternity, the evidence of eternity in your, in the way you live, the life that you live is such a farce. You're in the washing machine of God. This is the washing machine of God. Amen. This is intense washing. You get into this, it cleanses you, it purges you, it, it, it takes you through cycles after cycles after cycles after cycles after cycles. And where the temperature is increased if it has to be. God will not leave any work undone. I want you to know that. God is not a God. The God that we serve, the God that we worship is not a God who will leave any work undone. Now the God that we serve is into saying well done. He is not used to saying undone. Not done, half done. That's not the God that we serve. Now he is, he, he is planning to say, well done. So if he, if he wants to say, well done to his servants, what do you think as a master he will be practicing? Are you with me? And he does not do things like, you know, half done. He will not leave things half done. He will not. Hey, come on. Listen, God will not, God will not have a half ready bride for Christ. If, you, if that's what you think, no, he won't. He won't. He will not accommodate a half-ready bride. That's why, that's why the Bible is giving illustrations about the, the five wise and the five foolish and the, you know, the separation. Say separation. I'm going to talk about all that today. Let me ask you a question, okay, before I go forward. What is the proof of God's love for you. What is the evidence of God's love for you? 
Is it that you get to enjoy good things in this world? The riches of this world, is it that you, you get to enjoy the riches of this world? The Bible says he, he does that too. Say everyone. Oh, you didn't know that. The Bible says that he causes the sun to shine on the righteous and the wicked. He causes the rain to fall on the evil and the good. So if you think the evidence of his love for you, the measure of his love for you, is calibrated based on the amount of riches or the, or the good things that come your way, you're wrong. You know why, why people get good things? It is because God is good. Are you with me? Because God is good by nature. He is good by nature. And because God is good by nature, irrespective of who He is he dealing with, irrespective of their character, irrespective of the condition, he does good to them. That's what the Bible says. God is good. No. The Bible doesn't say he's good all the time. The Bible says God is good and he does good. Because God is good, the things that he do, he does good. So the proof of his intense love for you is not having you having the luxuries of this world. Oh, I have a lot of money. I surely know that God loves me so much. I'm just being blessed materially and I'm, I'm just prospering um, you know, in all the earth. It's all good because God is good. Don't think that is the evidence of his love for you. That's just the evidence of his goodness. He is good. And if, if that is the measure of God's love, then uh, Bill Gates... Jeff Bezos and, uh, what's it, Bezos, Bezos, right? And um, who are the rich people of this world? Uh, Elon Musk, thank you. And the Ambani's and the Adani's, all those people will feel, oh, we are so loved by God. You understand? If that's how you and I should calibrate or measure the love of God, then we will not feel so loved. And these people that I mentioned can feel so loved by God. But the truth of the matter is, he allows them to be rich. He, he allows everyone, you know, if you're working hard, if you're, if you're passionate about something, if you're good in what you do, you will get rich. Whether you are a Christian or not a Christian. Listen to this. This might sound very controversial. A mur murderer, a terrorist, or a rapist, or you name it. The, the, mo the person who committed the most heinous of crimes. Okay, such a person. If he has got food on the table, it is because God is good. If he has got a meal to eat, it is because God is good. Are you with me? So don't try to evaluate God's love based on what you have. Psalm 34, we read, uh, do not fret. Do not fret when, when the, the evildoers. Do not fret. No, don't, don't get, oh, yo, look at that. They are prospering. Do not fret. You're not supposed to fret. Why you're not supposed to fret? They are prospering because God is good. Irrespective of what they do. You understand? It is not, it is not because God has bypassed your, your person and the things that you do and then has visited them. No, it is because God is good. 
Are you with me? The problem today is we look out and, and compare ourselves with everyone who is in the world and we are fretting, we are feeling so frustrated because they seem to be having a good life whereas we are not and we doubt the love of God. Are you with me? Oh God. And then we try to imitate them thinking even if we do that, God will still love us God will still love you. But you think, okay, it's okay in the eyes of God to be like them. You validate your behavior, you validate your wrong, wrongdoings by looking at people who are prospering and doing well. But people doing well in life or becoming rich in life has nothing to do with their character or nothing to do, forget character, nothing to do with whether they know God or not. It is just to do with the fact that God is good. Are you with me? Just flow with me. I'm trying to make you understand something. So don't try to assess the measure of God's love based on how much you have. So when the bank balance drops, you feel unloved. When the bank balance is high, you feel so loved. And don't, don't say things like, because I'm loved by God, I can have... I can, I'm going to ride around on a... Give me an expensive car name. Huh? Rolls Royce. Yeah, I was trying to remember that. Rolls Royce. Because God loves me. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm sure that God is going to give me a Rolls Royce. No, God is not going to give you a Rolls Royce. He loves you, but He's not going to give you a... You understand what I'm trying to tell you here. The measure of God's love is not based on what you have or what you get. Irrespective of who you are, God is still gonna give. What is the measure? What, what, is the, what is the proof? Tell me what is the proof of God's love for you? Huh? Okay, he loves the world that he gave his only begotten son. All right, but ah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know what is the proof of God's love for you? You must know this. As Christians, you must know this. The sign of maturity is in you knowing this. The sign of your spiritual maturity in, is in you knowing this and acknowledging this. God loves me. How do I know? Because He corrects me. So that's a sign of? That's, that's correction. That is sign of? Sign of say love. The sign of God's love is the fact that He corrects you. I'm not, I'm not speaking through my, my, I'm not speaking through my head. I'm just speaking the scripture. You're saying something, sorry. I, the, that's right. The, the rich young ruler. That's right. He couldn't, uh, just, just give me that uh, context. Yeah. When he, 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 he couldn't respond to the, to the, to the correction, and this felt, ah, because he loved the young man who couldn't, who couldn't respond, who couldn't take the correction which he, the perspective which Jesus gave him. This young man couldn't handle it. So the, the reason why Jesus spoke to him is the evidence that he loved him so much. Are you with me? Let's, let's read um, Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 12. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves. 
some version says he disciplines say disciplines he corrects if the lord loves you he will correct you if the lord loves you he will correct you just as a father disciplines how many fathers here okay now you can understand this just as a father disciplines the son in whom he delights the father who truly loves the son will not just say okay do whatever you want go jump into the fire you you put your your hand in the, into the electric socket and switch it on does the father say all that will the father allow a, a child to do stupid things the father corrects the child in whom he delights why because the father loves so the proof of god's love to you is not about you having a so much money it's not about you being a high flyer it's not about you having your dream home or uh, it's not about you making so much of wealth those things can happen to anybody under the sun and if, if you are following after christ for the sake of all these things you're such a stupid guy you're such a stupid person you might as well go out in the world and do something else and make some money and be happy with that God's love is not about all that. He is good. So irrespective of anything else, he can still bless a person. That's why we are supposed to pray for the unbeliever and say bless them. Why? How can God bless an unbeliever? I remember a long time back I heard I I remember the title of a sermon, The Blessing of the Lord Knows What to Do. Have you heard that? The blessing of the Lord knows what to do, meaning you just bless the blessing knows how to handle the person you understand you don't have to be like oh, if i bless uh, if i say god bless you to a to an unbeliever to a sinner okay to an absolute mocker of a guy and you are like oh, if i say it's not the right thing to do you are supposed to say god bless you to him you know why because the blessing of the lord how to deal with that it knows how to deal with that sit at that person are you with me so when you bless a person you're not just saying uh, you know um you know irrespective of you being such a uh, weird guy such, being such an evil person god is going to lift you up no that's not what it means it just means god is going to deal with you according to his truth his justice his loving kindness say disciplining say correction say disciplining say correction say rebuke say reproof you know as you walk with the lord and you grow in the knowledge of who he is and grow in maturity spiritual maturity you must come to that place where when you know that he is correcting you you must feel loved have with me no amens for that that's to see this is the problem in the church the church cannot handle correction Do you know that this is the the problem of the 21st century church the church cannot appreciate correction they despise correction dislike correction they just are so offended by correction i'm talking about the people in the 21st century church this is a reality but the truth of the matter is if correction comes your way it just it, go, it just goes to prove that god loves you so much So that's why the example of the father is given no father in his right mind will allow a son to do stupid things the father will intervene when the son is going in the wrong direction the father will step up and step in and say no 
you are not supposed to do this go back that's the love of the father because the the father does not want the son to live in misery and walk into destruction and death that's the love of the father god equated that with his love for us and god is saying because i love the son because i love my daughter my child i'm going to correct that's the proof of my correction my love for that person but what to do we today in the church cannot handle this we are not used to we are not used to understanding that as a god the god that we serve is a god of love a god of correction and the same standards are being followed in our families today parents are very careful to upset the wrong doings of the child because we are we are getting see we are being conditioned by the world the lessons of psychology the lessons of all those things that they are trying to bring in and we bought those things in the church we allow those things to come into the church those standards because of which we are we don't want to address this see if if you ever if you were ever to leave this church for whatever reason say god is sending you elsewhere okay for whatever reason god is taking you out releasing you from here and taking you somewhere and you want to find a new church for you in the place that god is sending you to go don't go to a church which will not correct you go to a church that will correct every little thing about you that's where god's love will meet with you that's where god's love will meet with you not a place where everything is okayed you can do that no problem no issue i mean why not i mean just come to church that's all we just want you to come and sit on those chairs and you know just be happy and uh, you know no that's not the church if anybody in this place has such an understanding of the church i want to correct you that's not the church there is a there is a separation say separation there is a separation happening the lord see the when you read the bible see i I've, i've been pre- preaching on this for years now the lord has been showing me this for years now in 2020 when nobody expected um covid nobody thought that this such a thing would happen the lord said this year of distinction and it sure was a year of distinction we also how it was the year of distinction and the lord is going to make that separation because it has to be done the separation between the so called church and the true church the so called church is not the true church there is a separation there is a distinction there's a divide say divide and you must be amazed that god is interested in the intricate details of your life he's acquainted with all your ways that he comes after you and corrects you the way you speak the way you talk the way you think i don't know whether you even consider all these things in your you, you must you must know you must you must be so happy because god, see i know i i love it about god that he even concern is even concerned about how i think not just what i say but the way i think about a situation or about a person and he corrects me and he said you you're thinking wrong you're thinking wrong your thoughts are wrong love correction love correction man it does it does not it does not the correction of the lord does not okay when when we talk about uh, say maturity 
the entire church must grow up into this maturity of understanding correction is a proof of his love we must grow up see that's the sign of true maturity in the church that you and i grow up into understanding that that when he corrects us it's because he loves us if you were to give okay let's say you you have a baby 5 years old or yeah 5 months old you haven't started weaning the child and the child cries for what say food i mean food as in some feeding so what do you give you give milk to the child right the baby i with me you give milk to the baby to make sure the baby is comfortable comforted yeah if you give a, a piece of steak the, the the baby is crying oh the baby is crying the baby must be so hungry 5 months old you will not go into the kitchen make a perfectly cooked steak and bring it to the baby will you do that is there any mother who in this church who will do such a thing because you love steak doesn't mean that your 5 month old baby can also love steak but when the, the baby grows say grows when the baby grows into a child and if the child still takes offense with solid food it shows lack of growth it's a developmental issue you have to take the child to the hospital to tell there's something wrong you understand it's a developmental issue see the the, the church uh, at large you know has gotten in, into this into this fix into get, it's like the church is stuck when i say the church i'm not talking about the true church i'm talking about the church at large the the so called church is stuck because they can't handle solid food meat give us milk only milk the the baby uh, if a baby wants to feel loved the mother has to hold the baby close to her bosom and uh, you don't uh, you don't expect the baby to understand uh, poetic language is there any mother who has done poetic language to the baby like you know you 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 write a poetry to impress your your baby who is 5 months old you do the pampering say the pampering language the baby can un- understand only the language of pampering and the baby can only take the kuchi cooing like they say you understand but the church cannot stay there the church cannot stay with the pampering and the kuchi cooing okay I'll, i'll show you scripture ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 down ephesians 4 verses 11 to 13 and he gave some as apostles some as and some as and some as and teachers for the say equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of god look at the next word to a mature man say mature man so the the, the goal of the church is not to remain as a child or as a baby but to be a mature man to what measure to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of christ 
the church must grow up into the measure of the the maturity the stature of the fullness of Christ the church is not the place where we entertain immaturity please somebody agree with me why is there so so such resistance in the house the church is not a place where we entertain immaturity it is not that is not the church you are being deceived if any church says that you can do whatever you want you are being deceived you have gone to the wrong place with the wrong board the board might say church but that is not the church church is not called to entertain immaturity the church is called to feed and nourish and to bring up and raise up a person into a stature which belongs to Christ till we all the bible talks about till we all that's why god has given christ has given us gifts gave some as apostles and and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for what for the equipping of the saints for the work of service so that ministry will happen in the church to the building up say building up the building up of the body of christ and we all attain that we all attain to that unity of faith the same understanding of the knowledge of the son of god there's a the benchmark you have to redefine the benchmark which you wrongly put the benchmark is not any man the benchmark is not defined by any human organization the benchmark is this to a mature man to the measure of the fullness of christ that's the benchmark you must be given over to growth be given over to growth know that it is god's will for you to grow how many of you know that it is god's will for you to grow if you are not growing you are not you are not in the will of god if you are not growing as a christian you are not in the will of god god's will for you is growth your cleansing your your sanctification your purification this is god's express will for the church and you must understand this god that we serve is consumed is consumed by the plan of sanctification he's so zealous he's so zealous about this so passionate about this he's burning with this is a consuming fire the bible says and he does not want you to be like the world whether you like it or not maybe you have plans to be like the world but god does not want you to be like the world he does not want you to be like the world he is not planning to make you like the world he is not planning to fashion fashion you into the world into being the world he wants it to be separated say separated separated what is sanctification it's a good question to ask christians today we all say sanctification what is sanctification it means to be set apart make it simpler set apart this is still a heavy word for some of you here what is what do you mean by set apart say separated to be sanctified means to be to be separated 
there is a separation say separation in the church there is a whether you okay maybe probably nobody told you about this when you came into the church but in the church it is the bound there's a boundary that separates you from the world in the eyes of god you are separated from the world you are not the same as the world you are separated you are set apart and sadly many in the church they don't even know what is sanctification they don't know they don't even know what is sanctification what is sanctification it seems like a good word it, some people say it means cleansing it means purification but the actual word the, the actual word means to be sanctified means to be set apart you are set apart you're cut out for something else you're separated from the rest of them separated cut apart therefore having these promises beloved let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of the flesh and spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of god written to the church the new testament church the born again church who was still struggling with a lot of issues the man in all his love by the spirit wrote to them and said because we have promises cleanse let's cleanse ourselves from all defilement of the flesh and spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of god it means let us cleanse ourselves it it this passage script uh, puts things into perspective it tells us that as a christian we got we got work to do we got work to do as christians we got work to do it does not mean that you as a christian can just put your feet up and and relax for the rest of your life just because you said the sinner's prayer and somebody dipped you in water and said you are baptized that's not the life of a christian the christian has work to do you knowing god comes with a responsibility amen it's a divine responsibility because we have these promises you have come into the into the into the place of promises you come into a covenant with god in fact you are the covenant you know that you are the covenant the fulfillment of god's covenant you are in the covenant and god has been repeatedly said repeatedly repeatedly speaking to us the same thing over and over it's about cleanse yourself purify yourself and it is very important for the church to understand this right you must understand what this is about it is it is the most relevant word that you can ever hear in this time and age that you're living in trust me this is the most relevant word that you can hear if you are part of the church if you consider yourself part of the church of jesus christ this is the most relevant word that you can hear the word of cleansing the word that that says let us cleanse ourselves you know i'm not saying when we talk about sanctification i'm not talking about you know you cannot do anything to be more righteous before god that's not what we are saying that's not what i'm saying i'm not saying that you have to do things to please god or impress god no you are not earning your righteousness it is not something that you can earn the righteousness that you have is something that you received imputed by god himself why because of the finished work of jesus christ on the cross so we are not dealing with that that we are not dealing with that and we are not talking about um, you know the the doctrine of unconditional love of god because it is already demonstrated on the cross of calvary the unconditional love of god 
he died for all the world his love was fully say fully fully demonstrated where on the cross it's not like a teaser the the death of jesus christ on the cross was not a teaser there is a full manifestation of the love of god it's a complete the complete work to prove that he loves you now it's up to us you and i and the world to decide whether they want to receive this love or not so we are not talking with any of those things we are not talking about uh, righteousness we are not talking about unconditional love we are talking about we as christians who have come to know god we must give ourselves to purify ourselves we must be yielded to the plan of god to the to the work of the holy spirit so that we can cleanse ourselves and we can perfect holiness in the fear of god is it is it that difficult i mean i don't understand why christians are so dumb and they can't understand when the word gives these scriptures suddenly they but about the finish work on the cross it is the finish work on the cross who is refuting that we are not dealing with that here but if you are a christian you have work to do now what kind of work yielding to the holy spirit it's a work of faith it's not about works it's about a work of faith where you believe and you go by the plan of god and you submit to the word of god and the bible is saying it's teaching us that we have to cleanse ourselves from all defilement of the flesh and there's a defilement of the flesh and the spirit you you didn't know that you didn't notice that you thought it was we are only dealing with the defilement of the flesh when we are on this earth we have to deal with the defilement of the flesh but the to the church it it comes to another level it says you have to deal with not just the defilement of your flesh but also the defilement of the spirit Amen. now god is throwing light on your spirit you have to cleanse ourselves from all defilement of the flesh and the spiritual being that you are Amen. that has been quickened by the holy spirit Do you know that the spiritual being in you has been quickened by the Holy Spirit? It was dead before you met Christ. But when you came to Christ, that spiritual being in you has been awakened and quickened to life. Now it is your responsibility to keep that spiritual being clean. Say clean. So the, a believer in the church is not immune to defilement according to the scripture. Just because you come to church every Sunday does not make you immune to defilement. Are with me? And now this is a difficult. Now we are talking about some difficult things. We all thought just walking into church and oh, maybe getting baptized, the deal is done. I know a lot of believers, believers, who think that because they got baptized, they said the sinner's prayer and they got baptized. It's all good. We are not talking about your salvation. We are talking about your walk with God and where you are heading and what kind of things that you are going to face. Are you with me? and this warns about today morning brother king was talking to us about drifting away he said drifting away so is it possible for a christian to drift away ah you better believe that you better know that you can drift away in this world it is if you allow these tendency to come and sweep over you there is a chance that you can drift away that's why the bible instructs us and warns us to cleanse ourselves we have promises so better cleanse ourselves in the fear of god 
and let's perfect holiness perfecting holiness in the fear of god say this it's a walk of faith say walk of faith it's still a walk of faith so what is faith faith is when you respond to god's word if you keep this away there is no faith don't tell me that uh, by faith i've been made clean no that's not how it works if you say that you by faith you're made clean it means you have to respond listen to the voice of god the word the word the word the word must come and wash you and when you when you respond to that word in faith you become clean are you with me that is how you perfect holiness now the bible also teaches us that each of us must learn say must learn oh so we have to learn we must learn how to possess our own vessel as vessels of sanctification and honor and we looked at that scripture in the beginning of the year. let's look at that one more time first thessalonians chapter 4 verses 3 to 5 for this is the oh so i i i want to uh, reiterate that one more time it is god's will what your sanctification is god's will it is god's will your sanctification is god's will that you abstain from sexual immorality it's god's will that each of you it's god's will what that each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor it is god's will i don't know god's will this is god's will for you your sanctification that you know how to possess your own vessel in sanctification and in honor not in lustful passion like the gentiles who do not know look at that the comparison is because you know god See if you didn't know God this was not applicable to you. You have to come to know God. But because you now know God, you're not like the Gentiles who walk in lustful passions. You have no excuse. You must learn. Hello. The church must now learn to walk in sanctification. You must learn to keep your vessel in honor and in sanctification. God's word makes it very very plain. Why? Why must we walk in sanctity? Because it because you know God. That's why I said knowing God come came with a responsibility. It came with a responsibility. It's a privilege, but it came with a responsibility. Every privilege that you ever have in life will always come with a responsibility. Any privilege. The privilege of being father comes with a responsibility. The privilege of being married comes with a responsibility. The privilege of having a job comes with a responsibility. the privilege of serving god comes with a responsibility every privilege comes with a responsibility the privilege of knowing god comes with a responsibility what responsibility that you learn how to keep your vessel in sanctification and in honor and you cleanse yourselves from every defilement not just of the flesh but also of the spirit so responsibility hello the church must know it is a responsibility to unlike the see unlike the world see unlike the world i think we should often use that phrase unlike the world unlike the gentiles who do not know god everything that you do must be like this unlike the world unlike the gentiles whatever you consider in life first say unlike the world unlike the gentiles who do not know god 
do not conform to the patterns that's right do not be conformed to the patterns of this world unlike be unlike the patterns of this world you have nothing in common with this world yeah, it's, it's easy to sit through um, this world and yeah but Now, if you're not yielded to the work of sanctification, you are stalling the work of sanctification. Do you know that? If you think that this work of sanctification does not require your participation, your yielding, your submission, you're being fooled. It requires your cooperation with the Holy Spirit. It requires you working with the Holy Spirit. It is he who works in us. It is he who works in us. But we must allow that work to happen in us. We are, don't think that, okay, you are going this direction and the Holy Spirit will, will just pull you back here. No. When you decide to go this direction, he will help you. He will empower you. Are you with me? It's two different things. We have the understanding, whatever we do, the Holy Spirit will push it back, back into this place. No. That's not how it works. It comes with a responsibility. You have to choose this walk of sanctification. Because unlike the world, you know God. Now that you know God, you must know what He likes and what He dislikes. Because you know what He likes, you're going to go in that direction and the Holy Spirit will enable you, empower you to walk in that direction. It's simple. There's nothing complicated about it. Huh? Present, that's right, it talks about presenting, say presenting. You, you, you don't expect to be presented to the world when you're walking in this direction. Present to God when you're walking in this direction. You're presenting yourself to the world. But when you present yourself to God as instruments of righteousness, you understand? You have to present your members. You have to present your eyes, your ears, your mouth, your nose, your whole being unto God. As a living sacrifice. Are you with me? See, this, this applies to young and old. It applies to these, these kids here. It applies to you up there. All of you up there. It applies to everyone. This is, what, this is the truth. And you cannot hide the truth. You cannot change the truth. You cannot distort the truth. We got to cleanse ourselves from, from that kind of defilement. Why? Why is the question? Because we have these promises. Which promises? You must look at those promises. Let's go back to that. So the, the previous chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Let's read those last four verses, 14 onwards. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 14 onwards. Do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? Or oh, what fellowship has light with darkness? Or oh, what harmony has Christ with Belial? Or oh, what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or oh, what agreement has the temple of God with idols? Look at, look at those words one more time. Do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership 
have righteousness with lawlessness? What fellowship has light with darkness? What harmony has Christ with Belial? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean. And I will welcome you and I will be a father to you and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. That's the promises that we're talking about. Because we have these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Now you understand the, 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 the promises that God is speaking to us? I will dwell in them. God is dwelling in you now. God is in you now. And I will be their God. And they shall be my Because of that, God is saying, therefore, come out. Say, come out. Every Christian must remember these scriptures. Come out. It says, come out. Not go in. Come out. You want to go in, but God says, come out. You want to go deep in. God says, come out. Come out. And be separate. Come out from their midst and be separate. The Christian walk is a separate walk. The Christian walk is a separate walk. It's a separated walk. The Christian walk is a separated walk. Do not touch what is unclean. And I will welcome you. And I will be a father to you. And you shall be sons and daughters to me. Hallelujah. Now we've, we've, been, we've been considering the, the story, the, the account in First Samuel and we were looking at different characters. But there is something very astounding about that chapter, that, that, uh, that book, First Samuel. There's something amazing. We, okay, we, we saw Hannah's worship. We saw, um, you know, the corruption of Eli and, the, the, and his sons. We saw uh, the rise of Samuel the prophet. We saw the Ark of God being captured, Ichabod, we saw that. We saw, uh, you know, Dagon, the, the graven image falling down and breaking up. We saw all that. We saw how, what the glory of God, the presence of God can do by itself without any human assistance. We saw all that. But do you know what is the most striking thing in this entire book? The, the one thing that you cannot miss in this book It is a transition of God's people, Israel, from being a theocracy into being a monarchy. Till that point of, of Samuel's time, till that time, they were a theocracy. God raised up leaders to communicate with his people. But God was their king. God was their ruler. Unlike, say unlike, unlike the Gentiles, not like the world, they were a different nation. But after, towards the end of the time of Samuel, we're going to read that. Something happens and they demand a king for themselves. Let's read chapter 8. 
let's see what happened there okay i'm going to skip we we looked into chapter 5 and 6 or maybe 5 a little bit of 6 we i'm going to skip 6 uh, and 7 uh, you can go back and read what happened there it's incredible the ark of god was captured does with the philistines they couldn't handle the glory of the the ark of god being with them their idol fell down broke into pieces and they then decided okay let's put it on a new cart uh, and attach it to a uh, to a beast and see where it goes if it goes to beth shemesh it means god has done this against us and surely what happened it went to beth shemesh without any human intervention and the people there couldn't handle this the people of god they didn't know what to do they looked into it and some of them died and then finally it came and stayed in kirith jearim that's where it stayed in the house of a person by the name abi nadab as so a priest given in charge of that for 20 years you must understand this for 20 years the ark which was taken away from the tabernacle of god in shilo by the philistines came and remained for 20 years in the house of a human being in those 20 years you know what the children of israel said god has abandoned us now sometimes we are like that we'll do all kinds of stupid things in spite of what god has already spoken to us in spite of the instructions in spite of the correction which came before in spite of the law in spite of the rules which god has clearly given to us we do our own thing end up in a in a place a difficult situation and then we complain and say god is not with us anymore it took 20 years for them to finally repent and samuel said okay come do you really want god to return to you i'll tell you what to do and they repented and prayed and they had a victory and the very next chapter we're going i'm going to read that now chapter 8 talks about and it came about when samuel was old that he appointed his sons judges over israel so he is the judge now the prophet who became the judge over israel and towards the end of his age he appointed his sons judges over israel now the name of his firstborn was joel and the name of his second abijah and they were judging in beersheba His sons however did not walk in his ways but turned aside after dishonest gain and took bribes and perverted justice Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Rama And they said to him Behold you have grown old and your sons do not walk in your ways Now appoint look at this all of you now appoint a king for us to judge us like all the nations now appoint a king for us to judge us like they were not like all the nations god's plan was not to make them like all the other nations but there came a point of time when they had the audacity in spite of the the constant going down and the defeats and the ikabod happening they had the audacity to tell the man appointed by god himself what did he say give us a king what did they say give us a a king we want a ruler from amongst us just like all the nations of this world 
verse 6 but the thing was displeasing in the sight of samuel when they said give us a king to judge us and samuel prayed to the lord the lord said to samuel listen to the voice of the people in regard to all that they say to you for they have not rejected you but they have rejected me from being king over them this is how god is seeing this is how god saw that situation it looks like what's the big deal they just wanted to be like everyone else they just wanted to look normal say normal don't be deceived by the word normal god is not into making you normal god did not promise that he will make you normal he wants to make you special that's the word special chosen so chosen you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood god's own special people that is god's plan even for this nation of israel but they wanted to be like all the nations of this world give us a king because for them it looked weird every other nation on this earth has got a king we don't have a king every other nation on this earth was ruled by a human king but this nation was ruled by god himself but they were not satisfied with that they wanted to look like the world listen church today this is the same problem in the church many in the church they want to look like the world and they despise the the choice of god can you believe they came to the one whom god has chosen now you see this pattern every time a judge died they went back into rebellion they went back into sin and god would raise another judge for the sake of his people to make sure that they walk in his ways the supernatural process every single time it happened every single time god raised up a judge but this people came up to this man who was raised up by god established by god as a prophet and a judge over the people and they said you're now old now they are evaluating the man that god gave them sometimes we do things like that we evaluate with our human brains we evaluate the things which god give us and we give mark we put marks this person or this system does not pass the the standards you are too old can you believe they went to samuel the man who spoke and never fell to the ground though his words never fell to the ground he they came to him and said you are now old and the two sons that you appointed they're not walking in your ways so they became super spiritual super spiritual people came up to the judge of israel and said you can't do this neither can your sons so now give us a king you want a king presenting their ideas to god hello i want to say that today some of us do the same mistake before god god has given us something god has a plan in mind god has a set order in mind but we are not satisfied with that when god gives us something you want something else you despise that which god has given you despise the safety in the things which god has given you you despise it and you go after something else 
which fits your liking, your preference. God says they have not rejected you. God is consoling his servant. Don't worry, Samuel. They did not reject you. They have rejected me. But give it to them. Let them have it. And don't think that God was taken by surprise. God knew this would happen. It was written in God's word. In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 17, he says, I'll, I'll show that. Deuteronomy chapter, I think it's 17. Verse 14 onwards. Deuteronomy chapter 17 verse 14. When you enter the land which the Lord your God gives you and you possess it. Now look at the whole process. Right from the time they exited or came out of Egypt, came freed of the bondage and slavery, they came out. God took them through the wilderness. All those years provided for them manna from heaven. Their shoes never wore out. Water came out of the, the rock. All kinds of miracles happening. Waters dividing. The sea becoming dry for them. Enemies being defeated before them. All those things happened. The sun stood still. The kind of miracles that the people of Israel saw. And God is saying, when you enter the land, which the Lord your God gives you, and you possess it and live in it, and you say, I will set a king over me, like all the nations who are around me. Talking to Israel, I will set a king over me because I want to be like all the nations of this world. The church must not make the same mistake. The church must not make the same mistake. Where When God has established something, don't despise it. Don't despise it. If God has established something, don't despise it. And don't present your choices to God. And, and say that I have a better, better idea than this. I want to look like them. The call is not to look like the world. The call over your life is not to look like one among the world. The call is to be separated, sanctified, distinct. To be distinct. The defiance of God's word, the defiance of his instruction is alarming. It's scary. The resistance to his word and the dislike that we have developed towards it is scary. The Bible warns about it. The Bible warns about it. In the last days, they will accumulate for themselves teachers according to their own, according to their own desires. We want a king. We want this. We want this person. We want this kind of teaching. We want this kind of freedom in the church. No! The call is not to be like them. The standard is based on God's word. According to what he wants. To accomplish in us. To be set apart. To be sanctified. To be separated. There is no common... There's nothing common. There's no partnership. I like the words. You're not, you cannot be bound together. There cannot be a partnership. There cannot be an association. There cannot be harmony. Say harmony. Today it's all in the name of harmony. 
No harmony between Christ and Belial. No harmony. There's no harmony. There's nothing in common between the church and the world. Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord and the Lord said, listen to my, the voice of the people, give it to them. Verse 8, like all the deeds which they have done since the day I brought them up from Egypt, even to this day, in that they have forsaken me and served other gods, so they are doing to you also. Now then, God knows the, the people very well. Now then, listen to their voice. However, you shall solemnly warn them and tell them, of the procedure or the customs of the king who will reign over them. What a merciful God. What a loving God. Give it to them, but also tell them this is going to happen. And God is never taken by surprise. I wanted, I wanted to know that the, God is not taken by surprise when you see the circus that is happening in the church today. The Bible talks about it very clearly that this is going to happen. When they accommodate all these new philosophies and new ideas and, and uh, compromise with the standards of this world, God is not surprised. He is not even shifting an inch on his throne. For your kind information. The hue and cry during the month of June, the pride month and all, does not, irritate, does not upset him at all. He is not affected by it at all, for your kind information. All the things that the church is trying to do to be more appealing and more welcoming. I mean, he, he's not shocked, shocked about it. He's not surprised about it. Because he, he, he talks about these things. It's going to happen. The drifting away that we heard about is going to happen. The falling away from faith is going to happen. The rebellion is going to happen. People's hearts are going to become cold. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And if we are going to pamper that attitude in the church, I'm telling you, we are, we are making a miserable mistake. It's going to be one of the greatest mistakes that a person can ever do. Pampering this spiritual stuntedness of the church. Cannot, cannot. God is displeased with it. That's not his plan. You are either with God or you're not. There is no middle ground. There is no middle ground. The, that's, why the, that's why God says, come out and be separate from them. Come out. Don't try to have anything in common with them. Don't imitate them. Don't follow their ways. Don't follow their trends. Don't follow their teachings. Don't follow their customs. Come out. I am your God. I will be your father. Don't touch anything which is unclean. I, am your, I will welcome you and I will be your father. I'll dwell in you and will walk among you. I'm telling you, there is no nation on earth like the nation of Israel. There's no people like this people. Everything that God spoke to them came to pass. Everything. Everything. God took care of them according to his word. But finally, they came, they, they came to a place when they said, we want a king. We want to be like all the others. We have a, a shortcoming. Uh, it's a small shortcoming here. We want to fill up that shortcoming. And we have an idea. Give us a king. 
give us a king a people's choice not god's choice there's a world of a difference between your choice and god's choice if you have not already learned that there's a world there's a universe of a difference between your choice and god's choice your choice can please you well for the moment but god's choice will stand the test of time even unto eternity choose this day what you want choose this day what you want on life or death the question is is very simple the, you cannot merge the two you cannot have a little bit of life and death a little bit of death in life is death a little bit of curse and blessing is a curse a little bit of world in the church is still the world but god has called you to come into the through the light and darkness cannot comprehend the light darkness cannot do anything about the light so which side are you on what's your decision where you want to be are you are you willing to be separated or you want to continue on this uh fool myself fool everybody fool god and then let's see what happens the end of it is destruction but you can change mend your ways you can mend your ways you can change because we have all these promises because we have all these promises because you know god let's purify let's purify ourselves cleanse ourselves from all defilement not just of the flesh but also the spirit and i want to tell tell you that the 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 bible if the bible says there's a defilement of the spirit it talks about things in the church it is talking about the defilement within the so called spiritual sphere that we entertain that we allow the defilement that we allow in the things that pertain to god verse 9 now then listen to the voice however you shall solemnly warn them and tell them of the procedure of the king who will reign over them so samuel spoke all the words of the lord to the people who had asked of him a king then he said this will be the procedure of the king who will reign over you he will take your sons and place them for himself in his chariots and among his horsemen and they will run before his chariots and he will appoint for himself commanders of thousands and of fifties and some to do his plowing and to reap his harvest and to make his weapons of war and equipment for his chariots he will also take your daughters for perfumers and cooks and bakers and he will take the best of your fields and your vineyards and your olive groves and give them to his servants and he will take a tenth of your seed and your vineyards and will give to his officers and to his servants he will also take your male servants and your female servants and your best young men and your donkeys and use them for his work he will take a tenth of your flocks and you yourselves will become his servants then you will cry out in that day because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves but the lord will not answer you in that day he told them everything all the consequences of this choice you're going to go by your eyes you're going to go by your wisdom you're going to go by what you like but this is what's going to happen 
I'm not going to help you on that day. I can't do anything about it because it's your choice. Nevertheless, say nevertheless. Nevertheless. In spite of God's word, that's what it means. In spite of the clear word, nevertheless. In spite of the warning, nevertheless. The people refused. It's amazing that you said this morning. Do not refuse. I mean, that word was so prophetic, what he ministered at the morning, Brother King. Don't refuse to listen to him. Look at the same word. And he didn't see what I was going to do. And I didn't, I didn't know what he was about to say. We didn't share notes. I just asked him last, last, yesterday to come and exhort at the, at the opening prayer. And he comes in with his word. I was stunned. But I knew that God was speaking. It was a confirmation for me. Look at this. The people refused to listen to the voice of Samuel. The people refused to listen to the voice of, the, of Samuel, the prophet, the seer. And they said, no, but there shall be a king over us. We want a king. Our decision. People's decision. Committee decision. We've, we've, we've formed a committee. And the leaders of this, na this nation have come together and they've decided we want a king. Give us a king. That we also may be, look at that, that we also may be like all the nations. This is a problem. We want to be like all the nations. If you come into the church, you cannot be like all the nations. And I want to tell this up front. And I want to make it very clear. I don't care what you think about this. But if you plan to continue in this church, you cannot be like the world. We don't teach. We don't allow. We don't permit. We don't endorse the world in this church. We cannot. We will not. I am answerable to God. And so are the ministers who minister from here. God forbid that we choose another way. If you want to go into the world, go into the world. Go into the world. And do what you want to do. But here, we go by God's word. God's word. His standards. You can say all kinds of things about me. I don't care. This is God's standard. And I want to follow God's standards in this church, in this house. I'm not looking for a mega church. I'm looking for making the people according to, like we said, raising up people according to the measure of the stature of Christ. That's my only intention. I'm not here for money. I'm not here for, for fame. I'm not here for uh, recognition. I'm not here for anything of, anything of that sort. I don't want anything of that sort. If that was my intention in life, I could have done, done something else. I quit that long time back. And I want to tell all of you, with all my love, if you don't know me, till today, this is who I am. I follow the standards of God. If you want to leave, you can leave. But the church will not entertain the world. Not the church of Jesus Christ. And I am, I'm a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not a minister of myself. I'm not a minister of my own philosophy. I don't serve any man. God is funding me. If, you, if you're wondering how can he say this, God is funding me. From the day I gave my life to Jesus and I decided to serve him, God said, I will fund you. I'm run by God. My family is funded by God. Everything I do is funded by God. That's who I am. I'm not here to please people. I'm not here to 
pull people in no i have i'm under no pressure at all i'm not here to keep friends also i'm here to raise leaders according to god's standard and if you want to join this adventure come and join and stay put stay loyal stay with the course and see what god will do through your life and i want i like i want to tell this okay now these are things that god has been putting in my heart now i know one thing god has told me this that not a single person who sticks close to you can ever say that we couldn't be anything in life that's my covenant with god or god's covenant with me i go by that confidence i'm not pressured at all absolutely not pressured i'm not pressured to fill these stairs god will bring in the hungry god will bring in the famished that's the word even last week i i got that word god will bring in those who are hungry god will bring in the worshipers god will bring in those who want those who mean business with god who are real with god who want to change and grow and be ready when he comes and i want i want you to know that none of you none of you can sway me into your direction none of you it includes my wife you can you can ask her i tell her also you cannot sway me into your direction i am swayed by the holy spirit just in case you don't know your pastor this is who i am yeah so now you want to come and join this adventure yes but you are you are thing of this and that and the other and you have your own plans go that direction no offense no offense no problem you are answerable to god alone you are not serving me when you serve in this church you are not pleasing me when you come to this church it's about you and god if this is the place that is meant for you you'll only benefit if you come to this place if this is the place that god has designed for you you'll only benefit if you come to this place you cannot be blessed elsewhere so you find out for yourself i tell that to everyone who serve with me say you find out don't waste your time here you find out you find out whether this is a place that you want to be if god is asking you to stay stay otherwise go go do what you want to do in life but standards are very clear this book is a a book of standards a book of high standards high standards we better go by those standards we better fall in line with those standards align ourselves with those standards Oh, we are missing out. We are missing out on what God is doing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.